0: welcome to the all digital am podcast this episode originally aired as a video on the all digital am youtube channel and i'm here to continue the conversation of 3d printing and additive manufacturing i'm happy today you know uh, it's it's everyone's going through their different uh, times and localities and i'm here in austin texas and my guest today are you still
1: up there in brooklyn new york arena I'm actually in Ithaca, New York.
0: Ithaca, yes. Awesome. So you're up there in Ithaca right now. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm actually was born and raised in Tonawanda, New York for the first t- 13 years of my life, which is right outside of Buffalo, Niagara Falls area. So uh, I uh, I miss this time of year, the fall, the seasons. Uh, hopefully in Ithaca, you're getting to see a little bit of that, because I know that is refreshing this time of year.
1: Oh, yeah, it is gorgeous. I was actually at steward park yesterday by the lake and they were just the weather looked so picturesque and beautiful i absolutely loved it
0: yeah you got to see a bit of the change in the leaves and things like that and Uh, uh, different different uh rusty colors and all that good stuff yeah, I, I don't see we don't see too much of that in central Texas. I mean some of the leaves do fall, but most of everything stays greenish, so it's not as drastic of a change. But I lived near Allegheny State Park up there and that that's a place I love to go wow. visit because of the landscape and how beautiful it is with all the waterfalls and trees and all the leaves wow. everywhere. So if you're out, you can get out and enjoy it. Enjoy it. it's that time of year. So anyhow, Karina, wonderful to have you here. Thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Adam. I'm absolutely happy to be here and can't wait to to have this conversation pop. Oh.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, you know, the interest came. We have to give a little props of course to to Janet over at Link 3D, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, she was actually talking a little bit when I spoke with her about uh, different people involved and actually You know, making uh, moves inside of STEM. There's a lot of people that are around the STEM programs, but maybe they just do a semester of a of a a project and don't really jump in. But uh, obviously, you know, getting to know who you are. You know, since uh, we started getting to know each other here and setting up the podcast, and then seeing and listening to actually what you're doing. I've heard you on some other podcasts, and and uh, it's just amazing that it all seems like it started. Career-wise and everything, about 2017, right? Is that right? Or I know you've done things before that, but that's what starts to be on your uh, your LinkedIn profile there, and and it looks like yeah. from from there forward, uh, you've done a lot more than people have done over their career. So <laughs> it was like, wow, what what haven't you uh, plugged into? And that's awesome. It's just good to see that that ambition and someone going out there and really getting involved in many things. So you know, kudos to that. and Congratulations on doing that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I wanted to, I kind of just always had a, a ton of energy in me. So I figured putting it into something would always be a good idea. And I happened to go to a pretty rigorous high school. So there were kids always doing something and it was just kind of a breeding ground for tons of ideas and projects and things to work on. So that's kind of how I ended up working on um, Connect with Tech at one point, now working on Makers for COVID-19. And also now working with Janet on uh, Women in 3D Printing's Youth Initiatives. Yes. So lots of exciting things.
0: Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah, that's a great – you talked a little bit about that high school, and I've heard a lot of things about Brooklyn Technical High School, right? Is that correct? Yeah. That's where you – yeah. So like, that, let some people know about that. I have a young daughter. She's 11, almost 12, in fifth grade, and I think that it's good to hear like different things that go on in curriculum. So talk a little about, about that and how that kind of drove your passion to where you are today.
1: Oh, yeah. Brooklyn Tech has been, you know, now that I'm no longer in high school, I realize just how much of an impact it has had on my life. Um, But, And I think you'll appreciate this uh, along with your viewers. Every freshman in Brooklyn Tech um, is mandated to take a digital design class in which we all learn how to 3D model. We get certified in Inventor Autodesk. And we 3D print. So basically every student at Brooklyn Tech – knows about 3D printing and knows how to 3D print. That's and that's awesome. something that I've, I've always kind of found fascinating about the school. Um, it really kind of dips our feet in and for me I very quickly realized how much I love 3D printing and that you know I might have some interest in engineering down the line so I ended up exploring um, computer science, some mechanical engineering, realized fairly quickly that I don't really want to um, be, engin- be an engineer as my day job. I wanted to do a lot more. And I also at that point realized that my true kind of passion lies within 3D printing. So I kind yeah. of started with 3D printing, loved it, jumped around to engineering, and came back to 3D printing. And now I'm focused more on just entrepreneurship and social impact and how how we can improve the world of 3D printing and additive manufacturing, whether that be through curriculums for for youth or accessibility or policy, or even if it has something to do with making FDM 3D printers more sustainable. So there's kind of a bunch of things that I'm currently working on and I'm super excited because they're all within the realm of 3D printing, which is kind of my my favorite little thing.
0: No, that's that is it's exciting that and, and again, just to put things in perspective now. Are you still, are you in your first year at Cornell? Is that where you are?
1: I'm in my second year at Cornell. Second
0: year at Cornell. And when did that start?
1: That started, I think, in 2019. So I was a freshman during the pandemic.
0: That's, Um. that's, yeah, yeah. And, and wow, you know, so I guess since you, since you brought that up, I mean, that's really interesting. Obviously, you're somebody who becomes very networked and very involved in things and, the network has changed, you know, um, so you've, yeah. that's, there's had to be some pains in there, but I've, I'm sure you've come up, obviously, with the, the, the youth program that you're doing now, um, you know, with women in 3D printing, there's a lot of things that you've, you know, changed and, and maybe can give some insight in how that's been to go from expecting to be one way and now dealing with it the way it's been.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I kind of entered college having some expectations, but not really too much. Yeah. You know, I thought I would be free from my parents, like any any high school senior.
0: That's the number thought, one bonus, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> getting
1: to live on your own, getting to be away from your parents, getting to do whatever you want, and kind of just choosing what goes on in your life. Yeah. And that's what I was really expecting. And in a sense, that's what I got. I wasn't really prepared for college, if I'm honest, or at least the mindset of college of being in the atmosphere of, you know, having to do lots of assignments and being a lot more on my own with that sort of thing. Because for me, extracurriculars were always easy. You know, you ask me to write a curriculum or an outline for a curriculum. I'd love to do it. I will do the research for it. I'll get that done. No problem. But if you ask me to write an essay, that comes a lot harder um, just because of the motivations. But Mm. I, very quickly realized that, you know, with, with the pandemic, everything kind of changed. And, you know, I went back home with my few 3d printers back home to Brooklyn, New York. And I realized that there was a huge need for people for, for PPE, especially for medical workers. And especially in in the month of March, um, that's, that's when we started, I believe it was early or mid March when we started. Yeah. And so that's when all of the PPE crisis crises were happening. And of course, New York was at the center of it at the moment. So that's kind of what really inspired me to get started with producing PPE. And then from that point on, I kind of was trying to juggle production, um, managing our team of 300 amazing makers, um, and then also trying to be a student, which was its own kind of
0: wow. uh, yeah.
1: interesting challenge
0: yeah none of it was uh kind of the same old same old as you would say i mean it was that's a lot to be taken on now you know is it, is it makers for covid is that the right name of the program yeah yeah, yeah
1: makers for covid 19
0: yeah, for COVID nineteen. Now that, the, that those are the that's what you're talking about, working with the different uh, you know, printers out there yeah. and the people that are actually making these PPE devices mm-hmm. and getting them out to where they can be used. And uh I know that there's been a lot of um, you know, there was a, there was a lot of that going on. It was like a shining part of what was happening in 3D printing. But at the same time, it's very confusing because some of it uh, you know, there's been even a little bit of a backlash of maybe some of it wasn't that helpful or not the right thing or the the right approved. Thing, but yeah. I think, yeah, so what was that like? There what was that push and pull like? Uh, the iterations yeah. you went through and all that good stuff. How how did that go?
1: Yeah, so and I think that's really where the need came out for makers for COVID nineteen to emerge. I mean, you know, in early February and early March, the three D printing PPE world was moving at lightning speed. Mm-hmm. I remember there was one week where everyone was talking about ventilator valves, and then. To weeks later, everyone was talking about how you should never print ventilator valves because you are not a professional, which, you know, makes a ton of sense. It it has a lot to do with the, just, uh, the granularity of the 3d print and, you know, sanitation techniques and all, all those details. So people who were printing ventilator valves never should have printed ventilator valves. And it was a complete mess. Um, and you know, while that was happening, There was also like a new model of face shield that was coming out every other um, day or every other week. And then um, within the next week or so, everyone would start printing that face shield model or an ear saver or whatnot. And so things were moving crazy fast. And that's kind of where there was a need for for makers for COVID-19 or some sort of group to come in and go through all the resources that are out there. And consolidate them for anyone who wanted to start 3D printing PPE, but didn't want to go through all the work that it took um, of like doing the research, making sure they're up to regulation and um, making sure that they can find all the hospitals that need that PPE. And so that's kind of where we came in. And, you know, the goal really was to, to let people 3D print PPE without making it their day job, (laughs) because that's, that's what it felt like for a lot of people. And that's why so many makers have you know sadly burnt out now with yeah. with producing PPE and have kind of taken a step back
0: yeah it's it 's been a, a wild progression to see that happen and it, it is a beautiful thing i mean there 's a lot that happens in finding out you 're wrong right you know and and a lot of people, especially in the manufacturing world that 's hard to change when things are already rolling. But, you know, like you were saying, some of the power of 3D printing is to be able to look at that, hear that, go to the right resources and make the right adjustments because of the community, because of the network. But then also, besides just being able to, say, give someone a correct file, what, what you are also looking at and have been looking at is the distribution side, which is that's where I say the rubber meets the road. I mean, you're really going out there and and finding where it's needed. So, you know, it, being in New York City, you know, what was that like where you were? Were you part of that? Or were you just doing outside of the city? Or what did that distribution look yeah. like at the time?
1: Distribution was really, really interesting. And it's mm. definitely changed over time. Yeah. Um, there was one point where I posted on my social media that I was, you know, taking requests for PPE. And, you know, I got flooded. Mm. And, that was something that the makers and I all took on and started producing PPE for. And for, you know, two to three months, we would have so many requests coming in through our system that we just had to rely on that. That that was really kind of what we used to to know where the demand was. And then after that, it was interesting because, you know, slowly we were no longer getting any requests, which I found funny because... I also knew that by talking to a lot of these medical professionals, there was still a need. Mm -hmm. Um, It just shifted from say hospitals to more clinics and more medical offices who might have been under prioritized or not, not have received federal donations. So we, we kind of shifted gears to actually reaching and, and finding these facilities so that we can kind of let them know that we exist because you know, as much marketing or as much outreach as we do um, until we actually go after the individuals there. um, We, we couldn't, we couldn't really help them. So we, we did a lot of that and we found more, more need. And that's kind of how we, we went about um, helping, helping those people that actually needed it. But that's kind of one of the the trends that we've been seeing. It's kind of been very interesting because early on there was just, People were knocking on our doors like crazy, but yeah. now it's definitely slowed down.
0: Yeah, and, and of course that comes along with there not being a supply at a certain time, or there be a lot of confusion of what's yeah. right. And then now everyone's settling into the normal distribution chains are picking up the pace, and everything's yeah. a lot uh, a lot more available than it was. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that particular cause is you still like people could still go online and find all that information. Is it a specific website, or where could they find that? Yeah. That-
1: all of our information is on the makersforcovid19.com website. You can find literally everything on there. We are very pro open source. So any guide that we create, even if it's discounts for materials, we list it on our website. So anyone that, can find.
0: That's, that's makers with an S and then for, F-O-R, not the number four, but F-O-R. Yeah, yeah COVID. Yeah. And it's dash 19 or just COVID-19?
1: It is, let me just check for you to make sure we got it right. It's yeah. no dash. So, makers for FOR COVID 19.
0: Great. And I'll put a link to that in our conversation, of course. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's great. I mean, that is a lot of work. And even going down to the distributed, you know, distributor level, most people are just saying, Hey, here's something that's available. Try this if you'd like, you know, but yeah, getting it out there and getting it in front of the people that need it. Wow. That's, a, that's a yeah. lot of work. So again, that's a, that's something that, you know, being, involved as you are, it's great to see you take action when it's not something that was planned as, as part of your year. You know, it's, it's a totally yeah. different thing when things kind of cross section and your plans go awry. What do you do that can help uh, in front of yeah. your your current uh, situation? So, wow. Awesome stuff. Yeah. And that yeah. now, now is that the wear alpha that you have, right? That's your own product line for clothing.
1: Yeah. That, that is something I started prior to, to, to COVID-19 and really, you know, um, fairly early on, but I ended up at this point, you know, like you said, there have just been so many things that that have changed. And, you know, yeah. we're living in a new normal that, you know, I would never even call normal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, I've come to a point where there have just been so many great opportunities for me as a result of working on Makers for COVID-19 yeah. that I am just, I, learned a lot about myself and what I'm really passionate about. And I realized that it has a lot to do with making social impact within 3d printing. And that's kind of why I've been slowly shifting away from where alpha into the women in 3d printing youth initiatives to actually um, achieve a more sizable impact through that. So that's kind of a little tidbit on where alpha, but it was, it's still a mission that I hold dear to my heart sure. and I, um, the, the kind of core values that it was built on are still everything that I carry with myself going into women in 3d printing youth initiatives and some of the other projects that I hope to work on into the future. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I want to, to keep doing on a bigger scale, but for now, where alpha is just going to have to be on pause for a little longer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know I know that there was a lot that was going on, and I know you've you've changed a lot over the last yeah. you know, six. months, like we all have. So, I, oh, yeah. you know, it's 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 great to see you get involved at the next level of actually being like you're saying the social impact side. The distribution is part of it, and then working with that youth series is is amazing. It's, it's going to be fun. I know I've checked out a few of them. So talk about that a little bit like what's going to be happening coming up and and uh you know what do you think of uh, everything that's been happening with the women in 3d printing i know i'm actually a, a media partner with them going into this new conference that's coming awesome. up yeah yeah the january conference t-i-p-e yeah. Tech now, conference. yeah the type conference over there that's going to be a great event and uh, looking forward to that in january so yeah so what's been going on with you with the youth program how has that been going so far
1: yeah, there's, there's been tons of amazing progress. We have an awesome team together of a few students um, and an awesome grant writer. And I believe he's also a NASA teaching fellow who is working with us to create this curriculum. Beautiful. And basically, the, the whole kind of basis of the curriculum is to focus on 3D printing from a creative lens. Because we typically teach 3D printing from an engineering and mathematical and problem solving perspective, which is great and amazing, but it really doesn't attract students that are kind of already feel not aligned with STEM. So, choosing to, so creating a curriculum that really focuses on STEM from that creative component of what can I design? Can I create makeup packaging? Can I design shoes? Can I design jewelry? Can I design what a car could look like? Are, are kind of the, the mindset that we want to approach this so that we can really get more more students that are typically not interested in STEM actually interested in 3D printing. Because with, with the world that we're kind of moving into, there's really no way for, for people to not be exposed to technology or not be exposed to 3D printing. And that's, that's one of the things that I'm really trying to push forward here. And we're, we're trying to create this curriculum to do just that. So that's been coming along really great. And we're just trying to um, work on some outlines and hopefully, eventually, hopefully by um, next summer, have, have a few pilot schools that are actually ready to, to run with it. So that is what's going on there. And we're working with some really awesome groups and partners of course, in the additive manufacturing space to, to do all that. And on, on like a bigger scale, we're also hoping to work on some policy work. So, oh,
0: wow. you know, cool. actually yeah.
1: making our curriculum apply. So that's, that's one thing that's also in the works and hopefully we can, we can bring it all to, to some bigger picture goal.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's a great start. I know uh, that's a you know, it's a great uh, group of people over there to get involved with. And the network is wonderful. Oh, yeah. But actually, you know, like you were saying, being able to see that turn into a curriculum that's going into the schools. That's really awesome. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I have again, I, I speak about my daughter a lot and she's uh, you know going into the fifth grade. But back when she was going into first grade they had what you were talking about. Her school just happened to have a 3D printing class that was part of the creativity side, you know? Awesome. Yeah, and that is really, I mean, that's made all the difference in her life of understanding it, but the things that attract her... Are what you're talking about the creative side of stuff. You know, she gets into it when she could think about, oh, what she's going to design next, or changing something uh, that she was going to put on a necklace or what have you. All of a sudden, that's that's really cool. She's taking a look at how to look at remaking that inside of there. So, those kind of things, of course, creativity is what drives all of it. You're hoping people are creative when they go yeah. into even to any industry, just to go in with just your training and no creativity. Uh, you know, yeah. I'd like to see someone try to, you know, break the bounds, do something exactly. different, bring something different to the table, and that's all part of it. So I was just thinking, what you're saying—that science, uh, you know, technology, engineering, and math—and creativity should be—and they're also above all of it because it's part of it. Exactly. You know? It's a big part of it. So yeah, yeah. good, good to focus yeah. on that for yeah. the youth. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Exactly, and you can't really solve problems unless you're creative. So no. that's that's a huge part of it and really cool to hear that your daughter has that that teaching course i mean i think the the beautiful thing too is by teaching 3d printing to people who don't really like 3d printing you're also teaching them an engineering mindset that mm-hmm. they wouldn't normally be exposed to and there's so much power in that
0: there is, there is. It's it's really special, especially having something where you can create at such an early age. I mean, even with the simple things, you know, we we've done things like having a, we have an electronics board that you can get at any toy store. But, you know, when you do certain things, you're able to, like, maybe start up these three bulbs on this side or something like that. And that's interesting. You know, that's fun for any any kid at any age, you, you know, even a big kid like myself. So I think those things, even the simple things, you can talk about 3D printing, but there are things that stem, you know, a mind of a young person to actually grow in a different direction and to take on different things. So that's just great. And the 3d printing is just a a very, another tool that does that, but you see it in so many things today. It could, it could be so much more. So, that's, that's great. That's really cool. I like, I love to see that. And I love to see what the women in 3d printing series turns out to be, because that's going to be a lot more of that educational path that I think a lot of young people can tune into. And I know I enjoy them myself. So
1: that's awesome. We'll stay tuned. We're going to, we're going to be coming up with cool stuff fairly yeah. soon.
0: Yeah, no, makes sense. Now you said you're, you're going in your soft soph- you're in your sophomore year over there at Cornell, the, is it economics and also business and marketing that you're really focused on over there? Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Um, you know at Cornell there's there's definitely been a lot of things that I've learned about myself and I realized that I have a really weird unique interest for marketing and that's something that I want to explore more yeah cool. I'm currently in the applied economics and management major at the Dyson School of Business here so a little unexpected but um I figured after going through 4 years of intense you know, engineering education and going to hackathons almost every week and 3D printing here and there and doing tons of things, I might as well explore business and uh, try out entrepreneurship and kind of see how I can bring the two worlds together, you know, tech, 3D printing and and entrepreneurship. And I figured that, you know, marketing is a cool way to do that. Exploring strategy is another really cool way to do that. And so is entrepreneurship. So that is, those are kind of the three main main things that I'm focused on while I'm here in terms of academia. But there's always a bunch of things that I'm hoping to explore, whether it's psychology or um, nice. I recently took a philosophy class and even just some biology for, for fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, might as well do it while you can. No, that's, that's a good point, though, about the marketing and business side of things. I think uh, there's a lot of good things, obviously, that people uh, miss on that side if you're just focused on engineering itself. But, you know, a lot of those are, are natural uh, abilities that people might have, but a lot of it is learned. You know, a lot of it's going through those uh, different case studies and understanding how things were done and what you can do to improve things going forward with the, the way you present things and, and the way you build a company or work with people. So, uh, that yeah, that's another side I was like, oh, really cool that you're combining all of it and not just, you know. I find myself sometimes in that picture my whole life is I don't focus just on one thing. I like to check out all the different sides of it and and kind of put them together in a, in a a weird mix of, Hey, this is, uh, I think that's life, right? It's not just one thing. You got to incorporate all of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's one of the things that, you know, you're never really taught as a student. You're when you're asked as a kid, like, who do you want to be? It's like doctor, lawyer. And it's one thing versus when you, as I've kind of, grown through these past few years I realized that you know I don't have to be just one thing I can you know explore education for for this period of time I can jump into that later I can bridge strategy and uh this here I can go into a completely different weird field of you know business meets um additive and that's kind of the beauty of the beauty that I recently learned of just, you know, exploring all of my interests and seeing where, where they all meet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's important to harness all those abilities because uh, I found out even over the years that when I ignore something that's there, uh, it usually comes back in one way or another. So it's best to pay attention to that early. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh,
0: but yeah, that's that's really cool. I know. Um, you know, like you said, there's a lot, a uh, lot more to be had, a lot more to do inside of that whole space. So, uh, wow, being uh, you know in your sophomore year, uh, you still have uh, a ways to go with things, and uh, but you've done so much going forward. Into there. So, talk a little bit more. I know we, we, we kind of went through a few things, but like uh, prior to everything, you know, like uh, what was your, your big ambition as a child? What, what made you kind of go through these things and come to this point of your life?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I can start off with the ba- my background on 3D printing and how I got started. Sounds good. Yeah. So, basically, I, I, ha- I started a lot with my high school. They kind of really jumpstarted everything for me. And from that point on, I actually got to be an intern at NYU's Makerspace, which is where I learned about the different types of 3D printers and that there's not just one type of 3D printer. There's actually stereolithography or SLS 3D printing and so many other cool types of machinery, um, including laser cutters, vinyl cutters, CNC's. And that's kind of how I got into the whole world of prototyping and building and making. And from that point on, I actually ended up having the opportunity to build a computer to send to a school in Tanzania. I did that and I absolutely loved kind of solving some of the problems that went along with it. And from that point on, realized that I should get my own 3D printer. And I ended up getting one and realized, surprisingly, that they're actually not that expensive. Um, you can get a 3D printer for 200 to $300. Good starter. Which, yeah. really, that's, considering what I initially thought a year or two ago, I thought 3D printers were in the thousands. Um, and some but are, but no, yeah.
0: <laughs> most are, actually, yeah.
1: Most of them are. But you can still get a fairly good 3D printer for 200 to $300, so... I was really surprised by that, and I ended up getting my, my own, and I grew a collection fairly quickly. I'm up to six now. Nice.
0: That's sweet. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have, yeah, I have one um, one SLS printer. I have wow. one Ender. I have one... Um, I have one Prusa and then I have two mono price minis and then I have a chocolate 3D printer that wow. I got from
0: Germany. Whoa, 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 whoa. They actually prints chocolate now, you're saying?
1: Yeah. It- 3D prints with
0: chocolate. I ah, you're talking absolutely- my language. I, chocolate and peanut butter. I'm. I'm that's my biggest uh, downfall. I, I'll go for chocolate peanut butter anytime. So uh, I can't wait till they could print both of those. <laughs> oh,
1: that will be a very good
0: day. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, what are you making out of the the chocolate uh, 3D printer? Just uh, more chocolates, so- obviously
1: you can actually make a lot of really cool things. I've been making some really cool geometric cups and then just pouring milk in them and oh, yeah. little, little drinks of chocolate milk. milk. But can, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can do anything. I mean, one thing that I want to do and I'm going to do this fairly soon is 3d print a chocolate chess set. Okay. And um, as soon as I get someone's piece, I'm gonna There it, it right is. Away. I'm like,
0: then what do you do? Okay, you eat when you win. There you go. That's that's All the right. way to do it. Good way to play.
1: <laughs>
0: oh yeah. <laughs> well, cool. So you were talking about that. That's how the, you got started in 3D printing, and, and those are now you've had this collection there. Uh yeah, yeah that's um, you know, that's a good progression, obviously. And the SLS machine, I, I think it's a very small SLS machine, but you're working with actual powders then for material.
1: Oh, sorry. SLA? I did SLS. I just realized
0: SLA. SLA. It's okay, always, So the resin. Okay.
1: My my apologies.
0: No, that's fine. That's fine. It's it's very close. Same thing. Laser. You know, you're working either oh, with yeah. uh, the the actual li- liquid or resin there for the SLA, yeah. and then powder for the SLS. But you're still laser melting each layer by layer. So even with the yeah. uh, the, the resin form there, that's that's awesome. That's that's really you can yeah. with some really neat things that way. So. That's really cool. And of course, that's being here in Austin. That's where a lot of that started, you know, uh, on the SLA and SLS side uh, coming from UT and all that whole uh, Carl Decker awesome. program and everything over there. So yeah, there's a lot of background wow. history here. That's really neat. That has to go with that. The uh, the DTM guys and everything like that that started before 3D System was right here in Central Texas. So a lot of wow. cool a lot of cool you're history really around here It's cool to have a lot of things to do oh, on yeah. that side of it with u t so close i mean that's a campus right there now being around a lot of college campuses uh you know and seeing the way different setups are my gosh u t is in wow. downtown austin and it has downtown austin wrapped all around it so it's like are you the, wow. the one of the coolest cities in America and you're gotta campus downtown that's I don't know if I don't I don't see how that could be good (laughs) I would be like out in the town every every night you know rather than being uh, in class so it's uh, a I'm glad glad that I did I don't think I would have survived obviously with a campus that's downtown like that but that's uh it's pretty cool it's pretty cool
1: Um, I can imagine it must be rough for NYU students they're right. literally in the center. That's city. another
0: one. Yeah, right in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah that—that's what I'm talking about. That—that's got to be difficult when you're in the middle of a really cool city. A lot of them are just out of the city in a small town somewhere in the country, you know. So, those uh, those downtowns are, are a hard place to to keep uh, concentration going for studies. I'm sure. So, well, cool. No, it's staring at the Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's great to talk to you, Karina. I know that there's a lot going on right now, and, uh, you know, this is a time when people uh, don't have a lot of the uh, the common interaction that they're used to, so being able to reach out and talk to people like yourself and also to pick up the conversation on STEM and what's happening inside of STEM, especially according with 3D printing. Uh, There's a lot of great things happening out there. So thanks for sharing your story a little bit here and uh, look forward to checking back in with you. But uh, it's been a good time. Anything else to share while we have you here?
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, Adam. I really can't wait to keep you in the loop about all the things that are going on because things are just changing so much and there's just so many cool things happening. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to be on here again in the next year or so and and share some more cool things.
0: Please, yes. I definitely want to check in back with you. And there's a lot going, especially with the youth series and we can catch up on what's happening oh, yeah. there. But uh, uh, yeah, again, you're right there in your sophomore year. So there's a lot more to come and we'll definitely be checking back in with you. So thanks again, Karina. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Yes, awesome. Thank you so much,
0: Adam. Thank you for listening to the All Digital Additive Manufacturing Podcast. If you would like to help support a be part of our community, take action and smash subscribe, press follow, comment below, or leave a review. And don't forget to share. Thanks for continuing the conversation. This is Adam Penna signing off. See you soon.